The Road to Rediscovery is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me ask you something. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, for me growing up, feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, doubt, and even imposter syndrome got in the way uh, of me reaching my goals and reaching my full potential, right? So BetterHelp addresses these and more. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and, get this, financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They mean it. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. That's Better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And there's a special offer for our Road to Rediscovery listeners. Get 10% off your first month when you register at BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. We're all on this journey of life together. And it sure feels good to know professional help is within our reach with BetterHelp. Again, that's Better H-E-L-P. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Road to Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson, and I'm so glad that you're here with me. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. As you know, here on The Road to Rediscovery, we are very, very passionate about delivering quality content to you. And so if you like what you hear on the show and would wish to support, uh, I ask you to, you know, please feel free to send us a, um, a, a, a gift or contribution at RoadToRediscovery.com slash support. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash support. We'll even give you a shout out in a, few, in a future episode. And as always, there's no obligation. So um, thank you so much for your support and listenership. All right. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very extraordinary special guest. Special guest. And... Uh, He's a fellow Ohioan. As you know, I live in Texas now, but six years ago, um, you know, I spent most of my years in Ohio. And he's sort of a renaissance man of sorts. He served in the U.S. Army Reserve, became an attorney, an actor, director, and yes, even a world-class weaver with work from the Smithsonian, Cleveland, and the DeYoung Art Museums. He's been part of major studio projects such as movies I Am Legend, Judas and the Black Messiah, and a lot more. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Mr. Logan Fry to the show. Hey, Logan, how are you today, man? 
Brian, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, likewise, likewise. We're happy to have you on the show, man, for sure. So, look, from what I understand, you, uh, y- you've you had these multiple hats, and, and I guess to some degree you still continue to have these multiple hats. Um, did this start um, the ability to handle just different roles, different responsibilities, different jobs? Did it start um, for you to be become easy at an early age, or, or how did that – how did that shake out for you early on in life? Well, my, my father was a, a Renaissance man in a sense as well. Um, he was an attorney, mm-hmm. but he had a farm, uh, raised Christmas trees, raised, uh, we had geese running around. The geese were supposed to clean the strawberry patches, but they left quite a, they left quite a mess in the strawberry patch, if you can imagine. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> he was a bit of a, a Renaissance man, but he also mm-hmm. In our, the last house in the house I live in now mm-hmm. uh, was a wreck when he bought it, but he uh, wanted to go on a farm and uh-huh. he literally did. He did roofing and siding. He did electrical work. He was good with his hands. He was good with, with tools. Mm-hmm. And I really learned from him both the professional law and I became a lawyer and also how to work with tools and how to, how to farm. So mm-hmm. I got a, I got a variety of experience really pretty early on. Nice. So can you, can you share uh, an example of some of those experiences and endeavors uh, early on that, that you've, you've, you've had? Well, take Christmas trees. Uh, okay. When, when, when we planted the Christmas trees, these were trees that were just about this, this big, they're very small trees mm-hmm. and it would take about eight years for them to grow about a foot a year. Right. So they were ready to harvest. And in the meantime, while they were harvesting, we went in, we sprayed the soft flies in the springtime. And these are little, these soft flies come first as little worms. And these little worms would get on a needle and they would go right down the needle like that. Three of them on a needle and they just eat it down. Wow. We had to spray it. Yeah. But it started with a, a backpack sprayer first. Mm-hmm. And as, as things advanced in our, in our farm operation, uh, we had a gravely tractor with a little bit, a little sprayer on it yeah. and drove it down between the rows and we sprayed mm-hmm. the saw flies that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, trimmed, we trimmed the Christmas trees the very first year. We just took knives and we clipped them to trim them so yeah. that you want them to grow, you know, nice like this. So you don't want any one little part of it growing too, too long. We started with knives, and then we went to head shears. Okay. So it was just completely uh, – it was a, an, an entirely manual operation. But right. we would tell – those trees actually sent myself, a, a brother and two sisters, through college. So I mean, really? it was – honestly, I mean, in addition to – we had to do scholarships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scholarships and the Christmas tree money. Mm-hmm. And we'd go out every Christmas, and this was before global warming, so we got cold, snowy, winter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was back in the 1950s. Gotcha. And we'd go out, we'd spend a couple hours outside, slogging around in the snow and the mud, mm-hmm. come in, my mom would have a big pot of chicken soup, mm. and would have some chicken soup, maybe chili, yeah. go back out, worked all day long selling these Christmas trees. We might sell a couple hundred trees in a day's time. Wow. And 
put the money in a little bag, took the the bank every night, uh-huh. put in the deposit box. Um, and it was that kind of experience that that was, you know, really pretty useful for me. Oh, of course. I mean, look, that is the traditional um I hate to say old school, but it is it is the traditional natural way that, you know, people made a fortune for themselves. Right. By working hard, putting money away, socking it away, you know, and and, and, and just just letting it build over time. And, 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 and you know, not just the act of doing that, but uh, the virtues that you learn from doing that. Right. Discipline, patience, budgeting. Um, all of those virtues and skills, they pay dividends uh, over and over again, tenfold throughout life. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just have it. It's good to do that. But I mean, you could do it. You could do it in the city too. I lived in the city for some you know, part of the time. And yeah, I took the newspapers and was a newspaper boy for mm-hmm. a young part of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got to try to find those opportunities. <laughs> Yes. Try to work hard, try to grow. Yes. Try to save. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it, it'll last a lifetime. Oh, it totally will. Now, uh, one thing, Logan, that I'm really, really interested in you sharing um, your outlook, your insight uh, based off your journey for the benefit of the listeners is um, people have different chapters in their lives, right? Uh, where they are, um, they're doing one thing, or maybe they're in a relationship with one special person. And uh, whether it's a direction they intend to head and aspire to move in that different direction to start the next chapter, or if it's forced upon them through elements beyond our control, um, these next chapters happen, right? And so uh, as you're going through the chapter or the body of work that you're doing or the line of work or the field that you're in, Um, I just, if you don't mind, I want to ask you point blank, Logan, in all the things that you've done, did you love what you did? What you, did you love what you do when you were doing it? Oh uh, yeah, actually I I did. I really loved, and maybe I shouldn't say this Mm -hmm. in a sense. I, I did set high standards for myself Mm -hmm. and I always wanted to be the, the best at what I did. And, I could never just be the best. I was, I, in a sense, I was constantly faced with failure. Mm-hmm. And even though, for example, with with my weaving, mm-hmm. I got it to the point where I could get it into the best museums in the country. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't find a gallery that would carry my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, if you're an artist, you've got to have. You've got to have collect. Well, you have to have the artist first, and right. then you have to have galleries, mm-hmm. collectors, reviewers who review your art, and museums. And I, I was good with the art. I was good with connecting with museums at that level, but I never found the collector who could support my work. And really, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the, the artists need collectors who who love their work. Yes. And, yeah. and the galleries and the collectors, and that's that's where I feel. So that was the point where I moved on to my, my next venture, which was yes. 
And I was never very good at acting. I'm st I still do it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. A month ago, I was in uh, Syracuse, New York, mm -hmm. making a movie, Manadrome. I'm acting right. as a background actor, but I'm acting opposite Jesse Eisenberg. Right. The, but I didn't have any speaking lines. I'm a background actor. Mm -hmm. I never was able to get to the point in my acting where my acting career took off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, another little failure. So I became a film director. Mm. And that's what I, that's what I love the best and what I've loved, uh, what, which I'm still doing and mm -hmm. still pursuing and uh, doing pretty good at, I shouldn't say that. I'm happy with the progress I'm making. No, that is fabulous. That's wonderful. So, um, what appealed to you more behind the camera versus in front of the camera that 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 really that really meshed with your skill sets and 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 your mindset? Well, being a background actor, mm -hmm. one of the things I found is that almost every person I met on a movie set, whether they were actors, whether they were crew, mm -hmm. had an idea for a movie, mm -hmm. and it was mm -hmm. going to be a great movie. Right. And they, right. I, saw, I saw a background actor walk up to James Franco with an idea for a baseball movie mm -hmm. right right between takes of a movie. Oh, we were, no. We were doing Oz the Great and Powerful. We were both in, in a wardrobe. He walked right over to James Franco, and you're not supposed to do that. No. You absolutely are not supposed to do that, but he did it to pitch his movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> minor League Baseball. Oh, my goodness. What I found is everybody had an idea, but if you have an idea for a movie and you want to see that movie being mm -hmm. made, you mm -hmm. better make it yourself. And that's where I decided I'll make the movies that I want to make and I'll make them myself. And I won't have anybody looking over my shoulder or telling me how to do it. Right. So I, I love that. Yeah, you know, um, you bring up a good point with that, Logan. And in fact, it 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 reminds me of it reminds me of a quote that I think was once said by Abraham Lincoln. Um, and I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of, um, "If we cannot predict the future, then the best we can do is create it." Or something, you create your own future, so to speak, um, and 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 not just sit on the sidelines and wait for it to come to you, but take action and do it yourself. And that sounds like what you what you've done by, you know, making the movies you want to make. Is that right? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, I, I can ascribe to that one hundred percent. You you know, we're we're constantly in turmoil and turbulence in our life and things are going on around us mm -hmm. but you know there's just you gotta let go and just do your own work and do it the best you can and let the things swirl around you but but yeah. do the best work you can do with the skills that you have yes yes entirely and so um speaking to that and you gave a great example with um, being an actor and um, I, you didn't quite feel you, you, you were as good as an actor as you are behind the camera. 
Um, at that point, when you when you discovered that about yourself, um, what um, what kind of did you have any feelings of of, of self doubt? And, and and if so, how did you handle or address that um, to you know within yourself to keep from wallowing in that self doubt, but actually you know responding and and and, and thriving? Well. Early on, I, I made these horror movies and with monsters and robots and space invaders and yeah, uh, and they're they're pretty aw awful movies. I'm going to say awesome, but they're all awesome, but also awful. Okay, at the same time, and uh -huh. I went to, a, I went to a, a film festival in Germany. It's in Castle, Germany. It's up sort of northwest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was a trash film festival, and they loved my work there. Mm -hmm. And at the trash film festival, I learned that I was a trash filmmaker. Now, this mm -hmm. doesn't, and honestly, if, if you look up trash film in Wikipedia, the entry that you'll find is in German. I, I couldn't find an English version of trash film. Oh. It's in Germany. It's in German. But, you know, there's an audience that doesn't want to see the big spectacular Marvel movies. And they don't want to see one more explosion, one more truck rolling over and flying into the air. And yeah, yeah. They want, they want sort of real movies with real people yep. that made by people who aren't perfect. Yes, yes. And there's an audience for that. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. I... I defined my work and my career by the audience who appreciated my work. And that's the direction I've gone. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I want to ask you a question based on that. From what I understand, um, you have cited uh, uh, trash film directors such as Don Dohler and Edward D. Wood Jr. as uh, your primary inspirations. and and uh, two operative words that you have mentioned is funny and weird and two other operative words awesome and awful so i would love to know um can you talk to us a little bit about you, you said there is a fan base for these types of films and there is um but um can you explain to us like the appeal of the weirdness that attracts this 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 audience this type of audience well, we're in a in a mass consumer culture. We're faced. I mean, the studios they have a yeah. winning solution, a winning formula, and they want to recreate that formula and roll over another billion dollars. And right. they recreate that formula over and over again. And they they say they're adding some new element to it or some new thought behind it and some new ch challenge to mankind is facing. Iron Man or whoever, right, uh, right. But really, it's 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 just the same old movie over and over again. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you go to, I've, I've gotten really gotten into Netflix mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. movies from. I watched Don't Look Up in yes. Arabic. In, in Arabic. In Arabic, about it two weeks ago. Wow, week or two weeks ago. Yeah, but because I'm trying to learn Arabic. And nice. let's go. That is not a good 
easy language. It's a good language, but it's not an easy language to learn. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've, I've spent more than a year trying to Duolingo. You're familiar with Duolingo. It's a I am. It's a free program, language learning program. Yeah. So I do Duolingo every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm learning. So I thought, well, you know, I'll go, I'll watch, don't look up, but I'll watch it in Arabic. And mm -hmm. I actually, I actually understood a couple of the words, not too, uh, not too many, but at least yeah. I got Serb and Marhaban and, you know, a few of the, a few of the words. Wow. But, um, and the reason I'm doing that is because um, I, I have a friend in Dubai, Mm -hmm. And we worked on two movies together already, and we we worked on the movies together via the internet. Okay. So he gave me a script for a role in a in a film that he's just short. I think it's a short film that he's just finished, uh, and it's Darcy finds out or something like that. It's on, it just went on IMDb. Okay. And I filmed a short scene uh, on green screen. And then added a background that, that would fit uh, the location that he was shooting with. Beautiful. He was able to take and I sent it to him via We Transfer. We mm -hmm. Transfer, I think, is better than uh, with um, the Dropbox. It, yeah, I agree. We Transfer is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It is good. So mm -hmm. I, sent, I sent my clips uh, via We Transfer. Mm hmm. And he incorporated into his movie. Now, at the same time, I was making a movie that mm -hmm. uh, about coronavirus and a new pandemic that would break out in the years 2024, 2025. Yeah. And the premise of the movie is this. We know, for example, that global warming is melting the glaciers. So that's fact number one. Yes. Fact number two is there's been scientific teams in like Yunnan province in China, uh, who have found coronavirus that have been, that, that are in the ice. And my movie was made on the premise that the melting glaciers released this new coronavirus. Mm. And it was a coronavirus that mankind has, has never confronted before. Mm. And it infects the entire world. And un, unlike our coronavirus, it kills everybody. Oh my! Now, as it's the last man on Earth, and as the last man on Earth is going on his journey through the virus until he's finally his wife comes back as a zombie and eats off his his arm and both of his legs. And it's just, oh my! God. I mean, I have <laughs> what my, an <laughs> I, I have my wife in the final scene. My wife is walking through the house with my. With my severed arm in her mouth. Oh, you're kidding. In and her that's, mouth? That's, she's a zombie and I'm dead. It's a, oh, my goodness. It's, 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 a, it's a great film, but <laughs> part of it, halfway through, I'm talking to various people. I, I had Vincent Price in my movie mm. because I found I could use uh, one of his scenes from the original Last Man on Earth. Right. And I incorporated it into a Zoom call like we're having. It was Zoom, but it was like the call that we're having right now be with right. with us. Mm -hmm. um, and with with my friend, um, Abba Brita, 
Avabrata. Um, he did his part. We had a, a script. He read his lines. I read my lines here. He did his in Dubai. And then I, I merged them together, put them on a split screen, like a Zoom screen, right. and we had this conversation going back and forth. Now, wow. I had hoped originally to be able to do it in in Arabic, mm -hmm. but it was a year ago, and I just, the best I could do is, uh, that, <laughs> that's, which means hello. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my conversation with with a, a German friend who did his part in Germany was all in German. Mm -hmm. And then I had other friends, a friend that did uh, uh, Serbian, another right. friend Italian. So we're way going out in the woods here now. So you're going to have to bring me back. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you what, um, what you've mentioned in terms of uh, just some of the different ways that you've partnered and collaborated with, with people from the other side of the world um, and, and, and incorporating not just, not just, uh, uh, a, a, a story that is ordinary run of the mill, much like other stories that you hear or see, but um, your, your own creativity and collaborating with other creative minds and, and putting your scenes together to where it looks almost seamless as if you were in the same uh, set uh, together, putting it together. Um, that takes a lot of innovation. It takes a lot of creativity. And, and I wanted to ask you all, and by the way, what you mentioned regarding um, <laughs> the last man on earth, your version, where um, where you know your wife uh, comes back and she uh, bites off your arm and your legs, and and her walking around with your arm with your arm in her mouth. That <laughs> I'm just trying to visualize that man, and it sounds pretty funny, and it 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 gives a whole new meaning to the word man eater, you know. <laughs> My. Uh I am blessed with um, with a, a creative wife. We're we're both in our seventies, uh -huh. and after she retired, <coughs> she actually went back to work. <clears throat> she went back to work, and she works with um, new new citizens to our country from you know Nepal, from Japan. Uh, yeah. uh, she's had uh, Congo. She's had South America, mm -hmm. so. She's in she's in her seventies as well, and neither one of us really wanted to ever retire. We just gotcha. want to continue to work. So, you know, she's she's worked with me in the movies, and mm -hmm. she's been a really good sport about that. And she's been a a ghost and a zombie, <laughs> anything you can imagine. Oh man, that's awesome! That's so great to hear. And uh, both of you have a passion to keep working and to do what you love, right? So um, I want to ask you a couple uh, short questions regarding stories, okay? Um, what, what elements make a good story? That's, that's number one, okay? And number two, um, I, I, I know without a doubt, uh, I know I just met you, but I know without a doubt you're, you're, you're very well read. Um, and, of course, being in the film industry, are you, when it comes to a good story, are you a book person or a movie person? 
if you can answer those two questions for me. So I never even think about stories and how stories are created and Mm -hmm. arcs. I think, Oh, who is the who's the author that did Fahrenheit four five four five one, the German prisoner, uh, Vonnegut? Okay, mm-hmm. I think I I think I saw a YouTube video on Vonnegut that was talking about stories and he was talking about story arcs and people that they start yeah. off in a really bad situation, yeah, and it's it better and it gets better and better, yeah. And then there's stories where things are really great, and then it gets worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And he charts all of this, all of these things. And then he starts talking about some of the great, the great Shakespeare, some of the great stories. Mm-hmm. And he says, "What happens? Well, nothing much happens. So go to the next scene. What happens here? Nothing much happens. What happens? <laughs> nothing much happens. It just the the story arc is just." sort of flat flat right <laughs> it i you know hollywood and, and storytellers like to tell stories where you know somebody that that's oppressed and 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 claims the ladder to success or right they're they're at that peak of success and the mm-hmm. story is how they they fall and yeah. most of life is just about one step after another and that's pretty much the way my stories proceed, except that I have gorillas, uh, Bigfoot, and he takes people's heads off. Do you decapitate her? But even, with the, even, even in that movie, after he's taken off the heads of so many people, mm-hmm. <laughs> the last scene of the movie is <laughs> he walks in. The name of the movie, it's... It's gimme head, and it, it, the title it's confusing, but it really it's really about taking people's heads off. And this is what gotcha. this is yeah. what Bigfoot does. He he's the decapitator. Yeah. And the, the final scene is he just walks into a into a coffee shop and he points up and mm-hmm. sees a cappuccino and he points up to the hat and says, "Gimme head, you know, cappuccino, That's cappuccino it. with the head, yeah, on the on, on the drink, yeah." <laughs> Uh, it, it's a story that doesn't really go anywhere. They never captured yeah. what, uh, but it's sort of a funny story. Right, right. People, people seem to like it. Well, I, I'm sure they did, you know, and, and, and there's there's some element of, I don't know, irony or some element of... Um, play on words when it comes to the cappuccino and give me head, um, you know, and, 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 and some element of, um, dare I say absurdity <laughs> that, that, that appeals to, you know, um, uh, viewers, uh, who, who, who like, you know, certain movies like this because it's non-traditional, right? It's not the ordinary story arc. It's not the ordinary, um, the, the underdog comes back and wins and gets the girl type of stories. I mean, um, let me give you another example. Yeah. So one of the, one of the films, it's a short film. It's only about three minutes long. And the films that I make tend to be short films. Okay. And it's pandemic house of bones. Mm-hmm. And basically it's about 
a man. He's sick in bed. Yep. He has these terrible dreams of death. Mm -hmm. uh, he sees skeletons. He sees bones. He sees the Grim Reaper. He sees mm. buzzards roosting in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> and his wife, who's already died from the, the virus, mm -hmm. his wife comes back into the bedroom with a pillow and suffocates him. And in a sense, it's a, it's a happy story because they're together again. Okay. But they're together again because they're, you know, now in both. the afterlife. Now, there's not much of a story arc in that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's too short for an arc. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's more of a vignette or it's more of a, mm -hmm. a day out of the life kind of a story. Mm, yes, yes. But what I've been able to do with it, uh -huh. it's all told by narration. Mm -hmm. There's no spoken word. Okay. Spoken word between actor, actors or characters. It's yeah. all narration. <clears throat> so I've been able to take the movie, in, not only English, but in Spanish, mm -hmm. Romanian, Italian, mm -hmm. uh, Japanese, mm -hmm. and Russian. And gotcha. I can take that movie and have different narrators speaking different languages. Yeah. So I've got a full version of the film in in Russian, uh, with Russian, with you know, with the credits are in Russian, the, the titles in Russian, but in the entire film is in Russian, mm -hmm. and it's it's been a successful movie as a short film. Oh, good. But it's not it's not a it's not a typical Hollywood you know type of movie. It just basically. A, an experience or an experiential movie that, that people like it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Logan, um, throughout serving in the military and the different jobs you've had to, uh, you know, to, to, to work your way through school and pay your way through school um, and being an attorney, um, an actor, a director, working behind a film all, uh, the the other side of the lens all of these different capacities in which you have you have uh, uh, played a significant role and in, in, in and in a lot where you continue to play that role what is the number one thing you would say you have learned about yourself in this journey throughout all of these different chapters in your life well I um Believe in yourself, certainly that. Yes. Trust in yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and just never give up. Um, gotcha. It, you know, just never give up. Just keep working. Don't get, yeah. you know, don't, don't turn against yourself. Right, right. Uh, don't, even if you don't think, even if you don't think, you know, you're the best attorney and you're never going to, you know, argue before the Supreme Court. Yeah. yeah. Still be a good attorney. And even if you're a weaver that, you know, doesn't find a, 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 a group of collectors and galleries, you can still be a great weaver. Mm -hmm. uh, so just believe in yourself and, and never, never give up. Believe in yourself and never give up. That makes a lot of sense. And so, Logan, on this, along the same lines, uh, again, throughout your journey, the many capacities that you have uh, been in, and, and, and the many areas that you've worked in uh, throughout the world, 
with uh, scores and scores of different people. What has your journey taught you about people? Well, I hate to say this, but I'm not a people person. And it, it, it comes from, I don't know if it's from my childhood or, or, or where it is, but when you look at the accomplishments of, of humankind, yeah. Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world, it's in, uh, it's in the UAE. I don't know if it's Abu Dhabi or Dubai, and, and excuse me for that. I think it's in Dubai. Oh, okay. yeah. But Burj Khalifa, you look at the, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge, you look at <laughs> great, great buildings and the highways. And these are all done with the contribution of hundreds and thousands of people working together. That's right. Sometimes, you know, not side by side, but working together, mm -hmm. shared experiences. Mm -hmm. And it, to, to, to really be successful in life, you've got to be able to work with people. Yes. Uh, and you've got to cooperate. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to have common goals to achieve great things. Yes. Now, unfortunately, I'm not that man. <laughs> I'm really not. And that's why, as an artist, I can go in that studio with my loom and I can weave mm -hmm. my weavings by myself. Mm -hmm. And they can be great, beautiful weavings. Yes. As a, as a film director, I can do the the writing and I can do the pre-production. I can pull people together. I can do the direction directing of the movie. Right. And right. At the, at the end. And here I've got to work with people cause I, I need actors. You can't, I don't make movies with only one actor. Although my first movies were that way, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you really need to work with, with people. And if you, if you can't work with people, you better learn to work with yourself and do the <laughs> by yourself because you're not going to build a Burj Khalifa, but you might make a pretty good little movie. You might. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if, I mean, it sounds like you have the skill and the ability to leverage your strengths. Um, you know, things that we fall short in, you know, we, we may not be as good in, but if we leverage our strengths, um, things that we are good at, then, you know, all sorts of uh, opportunities and possibilities and, and outcomes can happen when, 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 when you do that. And it sounds like that's what you've done. Uh, well, that, yeah. I, you know, I had I, to, in, in, in become a, a film director of being on sets in big movies, I was on set with Will Smith. Yeah, I am legend. Yeah, um, I told you. I think about the the film that we just made in Syracuse, just worked on in Syracuse with mm -hmm. Jesse Eisenberg. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, being on set with with actors and directors, you get to see how the best people in the world work. So. You've got to have that. So even if you're not a star, even if you're not get any kind of billing whatsoever in so many of these films that I've been in, I don't even get a credit at the, at the end of the film. But I've been on the sets and I've seen the best people doing the best work out there. 
Mm. So you can't just do it by, you know, li- you know, living alone and watching YouTube tutorials. Right. right. Yeah. But the other half is actually, if you're not <coughs> part of that top crew, at least you've got to watch that top crew in action. Yes. Yes. And and that's that that type of experience is invaluable. Right. Yeah, it, it, it really is. So so, Logan, how can the listeners uh, connect with you and learn more about the great work that you're doing? Maybe even check out some of your films. Well, I should have, you know, I really should have gotten a, a green screen behind me and then I could put up. I could put up images and I could introduce them or I could have placards <laughs> in front like that. Uh-huh. And I've done that and I've done a lot of interviews and I, I really appreciate that opportunity, but you know, you can't do everything. And I just haven't done that part of what I should be doing to develop the career that I want to have. <laughs> but um, you can either, you know, you can look me up in my various names, either Logan Fry or W. Logan Fry, and mm-hmm. that stands for William, that was my first name, W. Logan Fry, and you can you can find a lot of stuff just looking up on Google. Okay. Now, okay. in Facebook, I think my name is Actor Logan Fry. It's just Actor Logan Fry, but if you do a Facebook search, there's a lot of Logan Fry's in the world, I've found out. Yeah, <laughs> is it? Really? Look for somebody that sort of looks like me. Right. (laughs) On IMDb, Uh uh, you can find me on IMDb as Logan Fry. And for that one, my profile pic is a little bit peculiar because I'm wearing a a mask. And it's it's the um, my costume, my wardrobe, when I was a psychopathic killer and and decapitated a young girl and held her head up in the air like that. Oh, my. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dramatic photo. Mm-hmm. And I do that. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this secret. I do that because when I get into a film, a major film, and come in as a un, uncredited actor down below, mm-hmm. people look and say, who is that peculiar person? Yeah, <laughs> they, go, they go to my IMDb page, so uh-huh. it, it really brings traffic. And if, I, if it was just a handsome guy with a picture, nobody would even be interested. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a distinctive look, you know, um, that that caught that that catches people's attention. So, um, and 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 that's innovation. That that right there is creative, you know, to 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 get that traffic. So. Because yeah. then everybody's going to put their ugliest picture. But most actors <laughs> honestly believe, and maybe this is true, they believe that uh, because they do that, uh, nobody will take them seriously. And my answer to that is you can look at a lot of other actors that have mighty peculiar profile pictures, and they're, they tend to be character actors, like, you know, Lon Chaney type actors. Sure. Uh, but it works for them. And, and I. Right, right now, I'm not, you know, I'm not up there with Brad Pitt or Matt Dillon or anybody like that. So I, I've got to work with what I have. Now, the other thing you can do, and this is this is one that I, I would hope, uh, your audience would look at, would be I have a Patreon page. 
Okay. And it's simple www.patreon, and it's like patron with an extra E, P A T R E O N, patreon.com slash, all one word, Lone Buzzard Filmworks. Gotcha. And I adopted Lone Buzzard Filmworks because I'm a Lone Buzzard. Mm. And we have buzzards that perch on our barn, on the yeah. trees outside, mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the rain, in the sunshine. They soar overhead. So I'm a Lone Buzzard. And Filmworks is sort of German, German sounding. And Lone Buzzard Filmworks on Patreon. It, it, you know, it's a dollar to be a patron, but a, a lot of my, a, a, a lot of my uh, entries are free, so you don't have to pay to see the free entries. Okay. And the thing I put behind the paywall is <coughs> things I wouldn't want my granddaughters to see. Sure, sure. <laughs> or, or kids to see. Yeah. And if, if a kid wants to join and pay $2, gets around their parents, they can see some of my triple B movies. And I don't know if I should tell you what a triple B movie is, but I have an idea. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. And you can cut it if you have to. But a triple B movie is the kind of movie that Don Dohler in outside of Baltimore, Maryland made. He's one of my my icons and idols mm -hmm. and he he adopted this catchphrase triple b for blood boobs and beast and it's ah okay blood, boobs, and beast, which is some it. it's also triple s in spanish and i i can't recite that to you no so, i understand is <laughs> in there senos is in there i think so uh anyway so it's triple s in but blood, gotcha. and based, triple B, and those kinds of movies, though, I do yeah. not. My and my wife certainly doesn't want me to have that available. So, those you got to pay. Right, that makes sense. I totally get that for sure, Logan. And so, uh, what we're going to do is we are going to have um, uh, direct links to your Facebook page, your IMDb, and your um, your Patreon. Um, on the episode show notes so that our listeners can uh, directly click the link to access this awesome content of yours while listening to this awesome conversation. So, uh, Logan, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing with us your journey, your insights, and, and, and experience, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on to the show, Logan. Uh, I mean, I got it. Just two words, says. Believe in yourself. Never give up. Believe me, and, no. And find ways to grow. You can do find those. ways to grow. And and most of all, just believe in yourself and yes. let life do what it will. Yes. Uh, and just live with it. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Logan, now I'd like to go into a segment I call Three for the Road. And in Three for the Road, that's where I ask my guests three random yet thought-provoking questions that I challenge them to answer in five words or less. So what do you think? You say you're up for it? I'll try. I'm not very good at <laughs> word games. Well, I'll, uh, I'll go easy on the questions. 
okay. the questions are not cookie cutter. I don't ask the same questions to every guest there. These questions are tailored based on your background. So your... Prep for this. <laughs> <laughs> so the things I've seen in your other shows, I'm not, it's not really going to help me. Will it? <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. No, <laughs> not in this case uh, with three for the road. But starting with question number one. Give me a title of a movie that would be about world-class weaving. About world-class, pardon? Weaving. Oh, God. He wove to kill. He wove to kill? Yeah. How, how you turn <laughs> a weaver into a mass murderer, I don't know. <laughs> Well, hey, that might be that might be an idea. Might be something, maybe a start of a story. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Question number two. Okay. I'm gonna combine two of your professions um, that you've had in your journey. And uh, this question is based on the combination of these two. Based on what you've seen in the film industry, can you give me a method or practice? that you wish you could have made a law for or against? Oh, I don't know, just don't make boring movies. There we go. You could have a law saying that is law. It's not just a suggestion, it's law, do not make boring movies. <laughs> That's huge, I love that, Logan, love it, man. All right, and question number three to top us off for three for the road. If you made a film about Logan Fry that covered all of your life experiences, encounters, and challenges, what would the title be? I made the film. So that's easy. Uh, I made the film. IMDb, you'll see it. Okay. And the film is Portrait of a Filmmaker. And, Love it. And I'll send you a link to it. And okay, yes, please. If you're interested, I'll send you a link. Yes, I am. If you want to grab clips out of it, that's fine, too. Um, okay. It's It goes, I, I talk about my, you know, being on a farm. I talk about making movies. I talk about my inspirations. I yes. talk about where I want to go. The people fight yes. me. It's portrait of a filmmaker. Right. And actually, it's I've had it. I've had it accepted in film festivals. I say India, Lithuania. Mm -hmm. I think it got into a festival in France. Two other, two other places, and it's it's actually it's you know just out in the past year, but it's doing okay for itself. Very nice portrait of a filmmaker. Yes, please send me that link. I would love to have a look at it. Check it out. And uh, wow, it's something you've already done. So that that's tremendous. You'll see it on IMDb, IMDb page. Gotcha. On on the on the on the title cover, yep. you'll see myself bald. You'll mm -hmm. see myself as the professor in the uh, oh, what are those little things? Or that you uh, oh, I forget the name of. I won't even do it. Professor Oates, anyway. If you know who Professor Oak is, I was Professor Oak, so that picture. I have a picture okay. of a very long beard that makes me look like an Irish poet. Gotcha. Um, 
and portrait of a filmmaker. I'll send you the link to the full film. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Logan, it's been a thrill having you on the show, man. I, I, I hope that we can stay in touch. I'd love to have you back on the show in about eight months or so to give the listeners an update on what's going on in the life of Logan Fry, perhaps. I'm making a movie right now. Oh, fantastic. See, eight months from now, we can have you back on the show to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Rob. All right. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. If you have a question or comment uh, or you, there's a certain topic that you would love for us to cover on the Road to Rediscovery, just shoot me an email at roadtorediscoverypodcast at gmail.com. That's roadtorediscoverypodcast at gmail.com. And more importantly, if you have a loved one or a coworker or a colleague that seems to be at the end of their rope, they seem to be going through dark days of despair, having self-doubt, not quite sure what next turn to take. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, there are two things we want our listeners to know. Number one, you're never alone. And number two, there is always, always hope. The Road to Rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Road to Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.